Good morning. You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on AM 1320 WFHR, your weekly radio show focusing on real estate, the market, and everything related to housing in central Wisconsin. Welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. And we are agents with Coldwell Banker Seabrook Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. It is so exciting to be back this week. Yep. We, we took a bit of a personal holiday over the weekend, so that's exciting. Yes, it was. Um, refreshed, relaxed, and now we're ready to go again. It is an amazing time here in Wisconsin. You bet. Now, one of the things that the office does is a little bit of philanthropic work, philanthropy. Okay, I was going to say where we're going with this, but... Yep. Um, And it's United Way Week. It is. It is United Way Week. So in our office, we kind of get together as agents and do some fun activities. And they're sort of like, you know, uh, quick games or, you know, that that type of fun joking around sort Mm -hmm. of stuff. And there's like... Uh, prizes and penalties awarded and it's it's a good atmosphere and part of that is we're in the office building money for United Way. Right and there's so many programs that the United Way does for here in the Wisconsin Rapids area. Right. Um, I know we did uh, another drive earlier and I believe it was September or so for goodness, uh, sweeps and, yes, and for whatnot. the food pantry. Yep. Right. And they're also partially funded by United Way. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, even, even more good stuff for United Way. Yeah. So what are some of the things that we're doing in the office to help promote, you know, giving to the United Way? Shenanigans. They are. They're fun office shenanigans. So one of the newer agents in our office, Shelby, is coordinating this this year. She is. And we're one of, we came back into the office earlier oh, in the week, yeah. and, and we came back to turkeys. Turkeys now, not like real live turkeys. I was really hoping that they would be real live turkeys because that'd be kind of fun. But no, they were just paper turkeys. Okay, someone sponsors the turkeys to be turkeyed in the office. Okay, um, and and Shelby did really good. She's got uh, turkey looking placemats. They're round. And stuck a uh, orange balloon in the back so they stand up. Super cute. Okay, all of ours were taking naps then because they're all laying down. Well, right, you know, I mean, they're balloon animals. Okay. So, um, so what you do is for a certain amount of turkeys, you pay into the, the donation pot a certain amount. So like for two turkeys is like a dollar. And for, a do- you know, a dozen turkeys is like $10. Okay. And then you can sponsor them to be put in someone's office and have them be turkeyed. So uh, we did have an interview with Terry Johns. And so we're just going to hop into that and, you know, take it from the, uh, the horse's mouth, as it were, or, you know, from Terry's mouth, just what the United Way does and some of their programs and how it's all funded and whatnot. Excellent. Sounds good. So, Carrie, who do we have this week? Well, today I have the great privilege of having Terry from the United Way. And I'm so sorry I forgot your last name, but I know that your first name is Terry. So Terry Johns. It's all good. <laughs> all good. As long as I get one out of the two, I'm Perfect. pretty impressed. So, we got Terry from the United Way. So, I am so glad you're able to come and kind of talk about what programs the United Way has to offer. Because I know that we have a lot of great programs and it's just a matter of who knows about them. And then how to get a hold of the people to get into those programs. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I very much appreciate it. So our United Way um, started back in 1942 uh, as a community chest um, in response to the war, which is how a lot of um, United Ways or or, um, community-based organizations started um, to support community members and family members who were at home 
while their loved ones were um, off off fighting the war. And so that's how we really started and have evolved quite a bit over the years. Um, first, we just served Southwood County. Um, then in 2007, we were approached by uh, this very, very small United Way down in Adams County, and we were asked if we would um, serve them as well. They had been being served by Washera County, and it just was, you know, two really small entities trying to right. trying to do that, and it just didn't work overly well. So, okay. so we brought Adams County in, um, under our United way. And so we have since 2007 been United way of Southwood and Adams counties. Awesome. And so, yeah, it's great. Um, on an annual basis, we serve through our, um, funded partner programs, coalitions, and initiatives about 20,000 people, um, in our service area. So, and I would say about 17,000 of that is Southwood County and about 3000 in Adams County. So we do have a pretty wide reach. Now, of course that could be duplicated. So there's 29 programs that United Way helps to fund. And so if a family receives, um, maybe they get served by the food pantry and they receive rental assistance, they're counted twice, right? Because they've been served by two programs. So they might not be 20,000 unique individuals, but it is, you know, that's how many are served through the, the partner programs that we are able, able to help fund. So the model of United Way is really to help fund programs in the community that are meeting needs based on goals of the community. So we have what we call our agenda for change, and that has um, some focus areas that are carried throughout the United Way system worldwide, and those are education, financial stability, and health. And so we're, we know we're kind of asking, of course, you, you know, the importance of marketing and, and of, you know, um, brand recognition, logo recognition, that kind of thing. So So while we're asked to stay consistent in those strategy areas, what that means in our community is unique to our community. So what, what we serve or people we serve or programs we, we fund in Wisconsin Rapids are different than Portage County, different than Marshfield, different than Wausau. So everybody sets their own community-based goals within those strategy areas. Okay. So we have education, um, financial stability, and health that we fund programs under. And those are kind of, we call them the building blocks of a better life, right? Root cause change kind of things. Like if we can, you know, and and there's always kind of that conundrum, like, do you focus on, when you think about kids, do you focus on the kids or do you focus on the parents? And sometimes there's not enough money to do both. Right. So, you know, we've kind of found, we tend to put our focus on the kids first, if we have to choose. Of course, there's, you know, parent programs and that kind of thing. But, but if we had to choose, you know, we're thinking root cause change, right? So if we can, if we can give kids access to rental, uh, uh, mentors, role models, enrichments, you know, that, that we can really, um, change the trajectory of their life and what, what it might mean for them to be a, an adult and a productive citizen in the community. That seems to be where our funding volunteers want to focus. So we have those building blocks of a better life, but then we also keep in place a safety net service and that would be emergency shelter and food. Okay. So kind of those, those basic need things that we, we know, unfortunately are probably just, they're, they're never going to go away. Right. Right. Sometimes it's the same people that need it. Sometimes uh, members of the community evolve through those programs based on the situation that they're in or, or hardships that they may face. So those are our focus areas. And then programs in the community can apply to United Way for funding um, based on those goals. And the way that we put those goals in place is through through the community, through um, stakeholder surveys, um, face-to-face conversations, community conversations, uh, thinking about our partner programs, um, interviewing them, and really, you know, putting those goals out there. And, and we honestly probably would have had a um, next iteration of our agenda for change in 2020 had we not had, you know, just all of the challenges that we had. Right. And it's really hard if we can't convene people in a room, you know, it, it's, it's just really hard to have those authentic conversations. Right. right. So instead we said, you know what, let's just, we know this is working. We know we're meeting people's needs with, by funding the programs that we're funding. So let's just extend that until we feel like we're in a better place. Um, you know, and who knows when that's going to be to be past COVID. And at some point you have to just say, well, we're going to move forward. But, but we're also really confident that we are meeting meeting needs of people because those programs that end up getting funded, you know, there's definitely an accountability piece. We go out and we visit all the programs on an annual basis. And then we also require a quarterly report. So they're telling us, you know, what's cool is we get the success stories. We know how many people are being served. We know what's good, but then they also can tell us where they're maybe having challenges. And sometimes that means that we can um, help them collaborate with someone else, or we can help them problem solve through some things. And, you know, we might, 
United Way might be connected to someone that they're not aware of or something that can help um, help them with challenges within their program. But, you know, I have to say, I've been a United Way staff person for 13 years. It's my 14th campaign that I'm starting. And prior to that, a board member for about seven years. And, and we really, in the last 10, 12 years, have really um, streamlined who, who we're funding. You, you know, I, I think we've just kind of weeded out the ones that were maybe a little more challenging right. or, or just for whatever reason, couldn't get their program to a sustainable place. And so, you know, the, the partners that we have now, I mean, I would be challenged to find a difficult partner or one that, you know, one that we were, that we don't want to work with. Um, they're all really great, which is, is awesome because then we can move to a different place, you know, mm-hmm. and then it's not just funder and funded program. It's how do, how do we collaborate? How do we really make change in the community. Right. So one of the programs that you guys do is the books for children. Yes. So there is, it's in Southwood County. Correct. It's not in Adams County yet. Correct. But we have a book program for kids. Can you explain a little bit about that book program? Absolutely. So our Women United Affinity Group um, took on a program called Dolly Parton's Imagination Library. And Imagination Library is um, put out by the Dollywood Foundation. Uh, and so we affiliate with them. And, and basically, they look for local funders within communities. And so Women United has said, their focus is literacy. So, you know, it's a, it's a win-win and they've said, you know, we're, we're going to fund this program for all children in our community um, from birth to age five. And so the program is from birth to five, a child, any child that resides in Southwood County can receive a free book in the mail um, every month. Okay. So in theory, they would have a 60 book library by the time they turn five. Oh, wow. And so it's, it's really cool. Um, that doesn't mean that they have to sign up right at birth. So if someone's listening and, you know, you have a three-year-old, your three-year-old can sign up. It's just that once they, when they turn five, the month that they turn five is when they graduate out of the program. All children receive The Little Engine That Could as their first book, um, regardless of their age. So if they're three months old or three years old, they all get that book first with a really cool message from Dolly Parton. And, you know, I guess side note, she started this um, program just because of the sheer level of poverty in her community and mm-hmm. said, you know, kids don't have a chance if they don't. That, and, and the first thing is, you know, because when we first started the program, we, we got a little, sometimes a little pushback, like, well, just because they have a book doesn't mean anyone's going to read to them. But half the challenge is, do they have the book, right? right. Or, if they don't have the book, they can't read it. Yeah. Or, or why can't they go to the library? Well, they can go to the library, but you don't need just one book. You know, you know, there, you can do both. Mm -hmm. And so, and and I think the other thing is that kids learn, even if there is no, I mean, literally no one to read it to them, they learn how to hold it and they learn how to look at the pictures and learn how to turn the pages. And you know, there's just a lot to actually physically holding a book. Other cool things about the program. It comes in the mail. Kids don't get mail anymore. So that's super fun. And it has their name on it. So on the back, you know, it's addressed to them. So it's their name, their, you know, so it's, it's just really neat. And, and the way that the books are selected, um, Dolly Parton actually has reading interventionists that are on staff at the Dollywood Foundation that are selecting the books. Okay. So they're, you know, they're, they're relevant, they're appropriate, but they're also at the level where the child's um, comprehension should be at that point in time. And so, you know, I, I think that there's benefit of that too, right? Because you may remember, you know, with little kids, they see a book. And so you're like, oh yeah, let's get that book because they saw the cover or there was something about it. But I don't know how much time I know I didn't. I don't know how much time I spent actually like Looking opening through. it and going, okay, what is the cut? You know, what is going to be the the extra value of this? Right. Whereas that's what's happening with these books. And and they're great. And I think it's just a really, um, and this a is, really cool thing. This is just based on, on age. This is not anything income based. Correct. This is just any child, child, any child that resides in the zip codes of Wisconsin Rapids, Rudolph, Vesper, Port Edwards, or Nakusa, And the child has to reside there. Um, but any child that resides there qualifies for the program. There is no So how no do you get into limit. this program? Yeah. So you would, um, there's a form on our website that you could print out or you can call our office and Stephanie can, um, can get you signed up. So if you were going to call us, that would be at 715-421-0390, or you can go to uwswac.org and print out the form and then you send that in. Um, we get a lot of, you know, really honestly, we get a lot of grandmas and grandpas that say, oh, can, can I, you get know, my-, my grandchild lives wherever, but I'd like the books for when they come to town. And we would love to be able to do that, but we just surely don't have the capacity to do right. it. Um, right now we have almost 600 kids who get a okay. book every month. 
free in the mail. That's a lot. That's a lot. Isn't that cool? And every month, you know, every month we pick up some new ones and every month some kids turn five, of course. So then they fall out of the program. Um, but you know, the price tag for that, for, for just under 600 kids is about $1,400 a month. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, that, that adds up fairly quickly. And so it's just, we just don't have the capacity to be able to open it up to grandmas and grandpas. Not that we don't appreciate grandmas and grandpas and and what they're, you know, what they want to do, but we, the commitment made by women United is that it's for kids who, who live here in our community. And that's really the model of United way, right? When, when someone gives to the United way campaign, all those dollars stay local right here in the community. And so it's keeping true to that to that model as well. So if I wanted to donate and, you know, donate in, in honor of my child or, or however I want to donate, can I go, you know what, I want this amount to go towards this program Absolutely. and split it to maybe it goes into two different programs. Can we pick and choose sure. uh, or is it just like in a general fund? No. Nope. So when you're talking about the annual campaign, um, which is starting now and runs, you know, we say till the end of October, but really till the end of the year. I mean, it runs as long as people want to want to keep donating. Um, so for, for the general campaign, for our fall campaign, you can designate to you could pick one of those strategy areas like education, financial stability, health, food, shelter. So you could you could pick that. You could just if you if you put nothing down, you just say, OK, I'm going to you know, I'm going to give a dollar a week. So I'm gonna give $52 a year and, and you don't put a designation and then it goes into the general fund, which goes then, you know, to those 29 programs that I indicated earlier, um, you know, based on where we have need, where we allocate. So there's that, there's that part of it, or you could pick one of those strategy areas and then it would go there, or you could pick a specific program or you could pick another community because sometimes we have people who say, you know, I live in Stevens point, but I work in Wisconsin Rapids. Okay. I want to give where my, where my kids are growing up. Or sometimes people say, I want to give where I make my living or I want to split it. And that's okay. Um, donor intent is really, really, really important to me, but really important to the United Way system. So wherever people want to give. So someone could say, I'd like to sponsor, you know, I'd like to put some of my money to Imagination Library, right? Like I want to sponsor a child. And that's something that can be done year round. There's actually a form, uh, there's actually a um, link on our website where you can just click that and, and it's $30 a year to sponsor a child to get. Well, that's not too bad. No, not at all. No. So, but I suppose, you know, if she's sending out, if the foundation is sending out like, I don't even know. I think the last time I saw it, it was like 90 some thousand of each book each oh, wow. month. So, I mean, so imagine purchasing that many, you know, she's definitely has purchasing power. Um, And then everything gets shipped um, from the Dollywood Foundation. So we literally um, recruit people to participate and pay the bill, you know, Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, what we need to do logistically for the program. But so, so we do accept sponsorships for kids always, you know, year round if they want to do Imagination Library, but that can be part of the the campaign pledge as well. And we'll have people do that. You know, they'll say, you know, I'd like to give, I'm going to give $300. I want to give a hundred towards food programs. I want to give, you know, a hundred towards imagination library and then the other hundred for education programs or, or something like that. So, um, yeah, absolutely. You can pick however, however, wherever you would like your, your money to be invested. All right. Excellent. So our two one one program. So I know that you talked a little bit about this with the Sunrise Rotary, just kind of touched a little bit about that. What is the two one one program? So, 211 is a resource and referral program. Um, in the state of Wisconsin, we happen to be 24 7 statewide. Uh, not every state has that. There, I believe there's like 23 states that have statewide coverage of 211. Um, but we have uh, eight contact centers around the state that serve the entire state. We happen to serve out of, out of our office in Wisconsin Rapids. We serve 13 counties. Okay. Um, and we answer phones Monday through Friday, eight to five locally. And then we have a contract with a call center, one of the call centers in Milwaukee, one of the other contact centers, and they do our after hours and weekends coverage. So why would someone call two on one? Well, basically for anything, um, we'll get calls, you know, most recently, I think our largest number of calls were around, um, school supplies. So, you know, as, as there were needs for that, um, we get calls for, I'm caring for an aging parent. What's available in my community? You know, what do I do? Uh, We do get some crisis calls. We do not do crisis intervention. So we transfer that call. Okay. Um, but we have a very good relationship with that, you know, so it's a, it's a natural, transfer and our staff are all trained to, you know, to be able to handle those kinds of situations. We will get calls as we get closer to October, we will get what are the trick or treat hours in in XYZ community. So it's, 
I mean, it's, it's not just meant to be when there is something a need but, wrong right. or something, you know, something that you're, you're trying to, um, to fix or something. It, it can be for, another common call is I have, you know, I'm getting new furniture. I'd like to donate, you know, my, my old furniture is in good condition. Where could I donate it? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a variety of all kinds of calls. We typically handle about 4,000 calls a year, oh, wow. 4,000, 4,500 um, here locally. Um, last year during COVID, we handled a little over 9,000. Mm-hmm. So um, that was yeah. big. And then I remember in 2019 with the duratio, uh, the county utilized the 211 to also help get information kind of across just in general. You know, if someone needs a, a cooling facility, you know, where is that located? Where are the shelters? So. Absolutely. So definitely used for that. And the other thing that 211 is trained for is crisis. Um, crisis mean, well, I should say disaster. I don't want to confuse with crisis intervention, but, but is trained for disaster. So um, you may or may recall uh, back in 2018, I believe might've been 19, uh, Barron County had a big tornado. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so 211 is equipped to handle those crisis calls. Um, there was a lot of flooding in the Southern part of our service area a while back, um, Adams, Juneau County, and we're, we are equipped to handle that. And so what happens is like when the Barron County tornado went through their emergency management, um, contacts us with a form of what they want collected, what information they want collected. So, so that they don't have to park somebody on the phone they can have all of their staff out, you know, triaging the situation, seeing where they need to react. And so this, there is a, I mean, there's kind of a um, template form and then it's just like, okay, we want this. We don't want that, you know, that kind of thing. And then all residents are directed to call 211. Okay. So anyone in that situation that had tornado damage was directed to 211. Our, our um, resource specialists gathered all the information and then they could pull that Barron County Emergency Management could pull it and they could be like, okay, well, this person has a tree literally through their house. This person's tree is on their shed. Well, we've got to go here first. Right. right. So they could, they, it helped a lot with triage and it just allows them to be more, uh, freeze them from the phone. Right. And we're already at the phone. So, so it definitely makes sense. Something else that's really, um, really cool. And I'm going to brag about, and you're hearing it here first, because I literally just found out today, um, our two one one contact center has gone through an accreditation process. Um, and so we were up for the accreditation through AIRS, which is the um, Alliance for Information Resource. Uh, I don't remember what the S is for. But anyway. System? Um, it might be systems. <laughs> okay. I, but but they, so this is a this is a big deal in in call centers to be um, accredited by AIRS. And so it's, it's just really like any other accreditation. It's a service standard, right? Like you meet certain criteria. And so the, the accreditation is good for five years. So our team just went through that accreditation process. It's a 12 month process. And we actually were awarded today our accreditation for the next five years. Well, congratulations. Um, Thank you. And there are only 130 accredited call centers in the United States and Canada combined. So, I mean, it's, it's a big deal. Uh, And, you know, we're really proud of our staff and all of the work that they've done to make sure that that, that that happens. And it's really just a testament to the high level of commitment and the high level of service that's being offered when someone calls 211. Yes. And I appreciate the opportunity to even to to talk about 211 and have people hear about it because sometimes I feel like it's the best kept secret, <laughs> not intentionally, but y- you know, it's hard for nonprofits. So you, we only you only advertise so much, right? Like you right. only have so much of a marketing budget. You, you I mean, we tap as many um, low cost or free resources as we possibly can. But, but the reality is, is sometimes people just don't know. Well, and to go, you know, they look at it too, a little bit as, you know, I need to be in a certain bracket, income bracket in order to use those services, but they don't know where they fit. Cause like the backpack program that you were talking about in Rotary about how, if you were, if you are on free and reduced lunch, there's a good possibility that you also can be part of this backpack program to get the school supplies. So it's not really knowing of what services are out there for me, where some people think it's, oh, it's only for the low income bracket right? versus, no, this is for everyone. You can call, you can take advantage of this, you can... Well, and I think that there's two, there's a lot of people that, um, a lot of a lot of members of the community that are kind of just on the bubble, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, we, we in the United Way world call them Alice. It's a study that we've commissioned. Um, and Alice stands for asset limited income constrained employed. 
So basically, members of our community who are underemployed, they, they maybe don't make enough to make ends meet, or they're fine unless something happens, right? right? So, so all good, but really no savings. Mm-hmm. Um, so refrigerator dies. Now what do Where we do? does the $700 come from? Right. right. So, so how does that work? And so I think that there's a whole bunch of folks that, well, we know there are based on the Alice report, um, a whole bunch of people who are, they're doing okay, but they're not doing great. And so sometimes there's just things that happen, right? There's some kind of a hardship that comes up. And so then when we have programs like the, like school supplies or weekend food programs, backpack programs, food, um, you know, that, that they can qualify, they don't maybe qualify for, um, free and reduced lunch or whatever, but they've had some kind of a hardship that it's just making things hard, you know, making things difficult right now. So, um, you know, we always take that into consideration as well with programs, like just saying, okay, is it, what can we do to help this individual, this family just get over that hump, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, what's, what's there to help them? I mean, of course we want, we want all families to be successful, right? You know, we want everyone to, to do well and, and, and love their community and, and be part of the community. And, you know, the better we feel about our situation, the more apt we are to do that. Right. Well, and one of the things that JR talks about, you know, with real estate and whatnot is that affordability index comparing the income levels of persons to how affordable housing can be. And, you know, housing prices are going up. Um, we still have some good deals, you know, that, that people can get into housing, but yeah, that, that gap is shortening up just a little bit. So having these as, as backup resources is phenomenal. Yeah, it is really great. And, you know, to that point, it's probably a good time to bring up too for, for anybody who's listening that might be struggling with rent. Yes. Um, you know, there, there is, um, as a result of COVID, a direct response of COVID there, it's, um, there, there's a pool of funds, uh, we're a funding that individuals have access to, uh, through North Central Community Action Program. And so you could, um, apply with North Central Community Action for rental assistance. And there is some criteria that you have to meet, but it's, it's not, um, really cumbersome. I mean, this is not like a 15 page document that we, you need to fill out. This is right. And so you, you need to, you know, you need to meet with the folks at North Central Community Action, um, put the application in place. Uh, you know, maybe you lost your job during COVID or your hours were cut or whatever the case might be. Maybe you had COVID and you lost wages for a period of time or, or you were taking care of a family member or, or whatever, but you need to go through North Central Community Action for this. But, but there is the ability to have rent covered all the way back to the starts to March of 2020. Oh, nice. So it could be retroactive back that far. Um, and there is money available. I mean, it's not, it's not gone. It, there's still money. There's still money. Um, our, the state of Wisconsin received a lot, a lot of money in the WIRA funds. So it's federal money. So in order to get into this program, all we'd have to do is call 211 and, and then ask about the rental assistance. Correct. Okay. And 211 will connect you, not literally, like we don't transfer, but they'll get you the contact information for North Central Community Action. Um, and, you know, something else important about 211, and it just depends how tech savvy you are. If you go to our website, um, uwswac.org, and you click on 211, 211 is a searchable database. Okay. So if, you know what I mean, if you're just somebody that's like, oh, I don't know if I want to call, you can, you can search. You know, you okay. can just look it up yourself. If you're somebody that, you know, is inclined to do that. Is not it everybody an, likes is that. Is it an app yet? Um, it's not an app, but our, but it is, mo- I mean, it's it mobile. You could do it from a tablet or a phone, Okay, but it's not like, it's not an actual app, okay. but it is, you know, it's the condensed version, not where you have to right. try to figure out how to move your phone over 58 spaces so that yeah. you can see. So, and, and honestly, not a lot of people do that. I would say we definitely have more, serve more people with calls than we do with web searches. Okay. But, but it is, it is an option, you know, cause sometimes, and, and when those things like that, when does that hit you the most, you know, at, at night, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're kind of in bed, you're like, oh, you know, any kind of, kind of crisis keeps you up at night. So that is there, but, but remember that two one one is 24 seven. And so we do have access. The, I guess the other thing too, is sometimes we get calls and it's, it's something to the regard of, you know, I'm here, but my sister who I'm trying to help lives in Green Bay. You know, what the, per, you know, maybe she, maybe the person is a, an addict or a drug user. So, you know, like they're looking for some kind of treatment or, or something to that regard. 
we have access to the, we're all on the same database for the whole state. So, so our resource specialist could access that, you know, for them and look at Green Bay. Now, most often we probably transfer because everybody knows their own community the best, right? but we do have the ability to do it. So sometimes people will call, you know, with multiple multiple asks, or I'm relocating to your community, or sometimes you get a different call center because the way that the switches work with um, cell phones, wherever you purchased your cell phone, if you call 211 is where your call will go. So if you were over in Appleton shopping one day and you got a new cell phone phone. or whatever, if you dial 211 from your phone, it's going to, it goes there. I don't know why. Interesting. How the the switch system works. (laughs) It does not do that for 911. That's good. 911 knows your local area. Right. Um, And so so it's just an interesting thing. And it's something that we've been, um, and and when I say we, I I mean that figuratively, not we, me specifically, but we as a 211 system have been trying to figure out how to get fixed you know, so that it's wherever you're physically located, that, that that's where you would call. But so sometimes that'll happen. You know, I'll, I'll hear one of our resource specialists going, where are you calling from? And they'll be like, oh, um, you know, whatever, Milwaukee. It's just like, okay, let me get you transferred. And like I said, we try to help as best we can. Um, and, and when we were answering lots and lots and lots of COVID calls, um, and, and the majority of COVID calls were around testing and then vaccination, um, that was a we call it, I guess another feature of the two one one system is there is a, we call it a disaster switch. So they can, we all normally answer our own calls, but they can create a statewide queue around a topic. Okay. So you could call two one one and they could say, if you're calling for any, you get a recording. If you're calling for anything COVID related, press one, all other calls press two. So you'd press one and then you'd go into this queue and anybody available in the whole state can answer the question. Would answer the call. Okay. Yeah. So it just, you know, it improves efficiencies, especially around disaster. And then the other beauty of that is if something were to happen in someone's home community, you know, let's say something happened here, maybe something or something even happened to our building. Although our system is, our resource specialists could be doing this from home or, or anywhere that they have internet basically. But, you know, let's just say something happened or we had some kind of a disaster here. We can say we need help. We flip that switch, so to speak. And then the other seven contact centers can be handling those calls while While we're trying to figure out what's, you know, what's going on here. All right. Excellent. So you're talking about the, your campaign is is starting. And so there's always been some really fun campaign events. So McDonald's is back. McDonald's day is back. And we're so excited about that. It's, it's just such a long Longstanding tradition in our community. I should um, make sure to note that it's only the McDonald's in Wisconsin Rapids because okay. sometimes that you know sometimes that comes up, and and I'll just say that it's it's a unique event. Um, this is the 49th year, and Tom Rouse, the original owner of the of the McDonald's in Wisconsin Rapids, started the event and said, "I'm going to donate the whole day's proceeds to United Way." He was a big believer in United Way. Um, said, "I'm going to do this." Um, when he passed away. His wife continued that until she sold the store. And then the next company that owned it, they also continued the tradition. Which is great. And now it's changed hands again about probably six years ago, seven years ago. And also continuing the tradition. So, so it is unique to our McDonald's or as far as we know, um, unique within the, within the McDonald's franchise, but we're just so fortunate. And I think what's really fun about it, I will literally see people there that day that I don't think I see the whole rest of the year. They're like, oh, I've been to this for the last 40 years or 35 years. And, and that's awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's part of their giving back to the community. And that's part of their sense of, you know, ownership and leadership and, and, and the pride that they take in the community. So, um, the event runs all day long. And what day is it? It is Wednesday, October 13th. Okay. Um, typically we've been in September, um, but it just worked out better with, you know, what they had going on and, and, we were unable to do it last year. Um, the lobby was closed, you know, and it just, it really just isn't a feasible just drive through kind of event. Right. Uh, and, and so we, you know, we did struggle last year, um, because we couldn't have face-to-face events. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and we know that a lot of, so about 10% of our total campaign is events. Right. So it might be events we hold, or it might be events that other people hold, you know, uh, a business has a brat fry or somebody might have a golf outing or somebody else just does, you know, jean days on Fridays for any kind of event like that, that isn't just a person giving, um, is about 10% of the campaign. And so when we were gearing up for the 2020 campaign last year, we were like, okay, we're starting out 10% down. Like what? And, and we didn't end up 10% down, but, but that's the, 
mentality that we went into it with. And so we, you know, we layered in actually last year, a calendar raffle, um, which we were able to make as much with a calendar raffle as we had at the previous year's McDonald's day, which is great. So in our minds, it was like, okay, that covers that, you know, we're, so, we're even. We're, so, we're uh, yeah, so that was really good. And, and so, um, we were thrilled that McDonald's day is back. Um, we, are also doing the calendar raffle again. And so okay. that is happening. Um, we're selling tickets now and the drawings will start on September 1st. But if, for those who aren't familiar with the calendar raffle, um, tickets are $10 for one or three for $20. And then your name goes in and every weekday for the month of September, we give away a monetary prize. The smallest prize is $50 and they go all the way up to $200. Awesome. And so if your name gets drawn, um, you know, we will announce it on uh, WFHR uh, during their over the back fence segment, but then also we will uh, mail the winner a check. So that's just super fun. Mm-hmm. But if you do get drawn, your name goes back in. Excellent. And last year, the first year we did it, we actually had two different people. Um, one of them, we drew two of their tickets. They had bought three tickets. So they got drawn one day and they got drawn with a different ticket, a different day. But then we actually had a same ticket drawn. Oh, wow. You know, it was like drawn and then it was put back in. And I think it was like a week and a half later or something. Um, somebody drew that, that exact same ticket out. So it's just kind of fun. The The available um, winnings, so to speak, is uh, $2,200 is what we're giving away. Okay. But our expectation is that we'll make, um, you know, six to $7,000 on the on the raffle. So so that's really, really good. And if somebody's interested, you know, you want to try your, try your luck or just, you know, look at it like a like a donation. Um, we do have tickets available at the United Way office at 351 Oak Street. Uh, and, you know, we would encourage anybody to anybody to get involved. So we've kind of got that going as a special event, so to okay. speak, even and though we, it's not a- And you did a person. Shred Day, right? If I remember right? Yeah. And Shred Day actually had been during the campaign, but it moved. We did it in April. Okay. And that was, and that's actually hosted and sponsored by um, Prevail Bank. And then they, um, we also, because we were shredding so much, they told us they would um, donate to us a dollar a pound up to a thousand pounds of paper shredded. Well, we're shredding like upwards of 3000 pounds, you know, that's how much is is coming in. So, um, so a few years back we said, okay, will you allow us to seek, find another sponsor, you know, like somebody for the next thousand pounds. And so, um, so we did, and that's, um, bank account corporation. So they're out of Rudolph and that is a, is a, um, business partner of Prevail Bank. So, you know, so it works out well. So we did run the event in April and the plan is that, you know, this next April we will run it again. Okay. But prior to COVID, we had done that event in September. It just works better. (laughs) It just works better for the bank to do it in the spring, you know, timing wise. So, so we will bring it back. We intend to bring it back next spring, but um, yeah, so we've got calendar raffle um, on October 1st, which is a Friday. We always do a community-wide denim day. Mm-hmm. And the idea is just that um, local businesses that don't allow a casual dress code, that for that day, they would allow it if their employees made a donation. And so, uh, you know, that's fun. We usually make, I don't know, maybe about $1,000 on that. And the the cool thing about it is they send us pictures and then we promote that business on our social media. Excellent. And so, you know, that's just a cool shout out to them, mm-hmm. thinking about the community. Uh, then we have McDonald's Day on October 13th. And then on October 23rd, which is a Saturday is our annual day of caring. And so that's a, a day of um, raking and helping elderly and disabled in our community who don't have the ability, get their yard ready for, for winter, um, getting everything raked up. And you know, it was really cool. I don't know if it was just people were tired of being in or, or what it was, but last year, last October, we had a record number of volunteers. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, you know, and it's, and it was safe. I mean, it's outside and, and we didn't, we don't typically, but we did certainly didn't last year. We didn't buddy people up. Right. So like right. if the two of you came, you would go out, you know, we'd give to you an a assignment, yard. you yeah. do a yard. We wouldn't put you with, you know, 17 other people where you're all kind of on top of each other. But, um, it, it was great last year. I mean, we just, we were really pleasantly surprised with how many people so just do kept the, coming do and Do companies coming. or families just sign up? They just call, call your office and say, Hey, I want to do a day of caring. I've got four people in my family. Right. So you call 211. Oh, you call you register. So there's right. another way to use 211. So you call 211 to register and and it's exactly what you said. So it could be um, a group of coworkers, it could be family members, it could be a church group, it could be a social group, it could be a civic group, you know, who and, and the other thing is it could just be somebody by themselves. If mm-hmm. you just, you know, and and we will partner you with a group if everyone's comfortable with that. Um but we've also had some folks say, "You know what? I can't come on that Saturday, but I'd be willing to help in any other way." And you know, it, it honestly never fails. Like 
will rake 80 yards that day. And on the following Monday, someone will call, you know, and, and then we can utilize that person who says, well, I, I can't come Saturday morning, but I'd be willing to do it on Monday night or whatever, you know, right. or sometimes the weather is not great and we still, it's a rain or shine event. But of course you get less done when it's pouring rain than yes. you do, than you do when it's, you know, a 60 degree crispy fall day. So how do you pick the, the, uh, the yards to rake? Yes. So, so the individuals, um, we invite anybody back who's participated in the past. So they received a postcard um, from us saying, you know, Hey, if you still need this assistance, sign up. And then otherwise um, people can just call two one one to get, to get added to the list. Um, They are asked some questions. You know I mean? The idea is that we're really helping people who need it the most, you Mm -hmm. know, so maybe they have some kind of a physical ailment that doesn't allow it, but we also kind of put the caveat out there like, and we don't necessarily check it, but we're asking people to just be on their honor. You know, if, if you could afford to have somebody, if you can pay somebody to come do it, then don't take up a spot for somebody who, who can't afford that. Right. And so, um, you know, honestly, we've never had an issue with it I Okay, think that people are just, you know, they're only coming forward if they really have a, have a need. So the, um, the only requirements of the homeowner is obviously to have a need, but then they need to supply the bags, which are appropriate to their municipality. So like the city of Wisconsin Rapids will no longer take plastic bags. You Correct. have to have paper bags. And so they have to provide that. Okay. You know, we're not asking the Lincoln high school student council to bring paper bags. To, so the homeowner needs to take care of that. So whatever they need for bags, um, in different Port Edwards, you, it just gets raked out into the gutter mm-hmm. and then they come and suck it up with their leaf trucks. So every, each municipality is a little different. So they have to provide bags and then they also have to take care of any pet waste. Okay. Because, you know, we're not, we're not asking volunteers to come out and clean up after someone's dog while they rake, you know, right. and, and that's fair. I don't, you know, I don't think that's really unreasonable, but, but typically we rake about 80 yards that okay. morning and usually around 400 volunteers. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a lot. So it's super fun and free breakfast. Okay. So meet out at Grand Rapids Lions Club first and um, have breakfast, get your raking assignments, get your t-shirt. So if you're pre-registered, you get a free t-shirt and then uh, send people out on their way. So it's a fun event. So, you know, to me, that sounds better than a run walk event just because I'm a lawn care type of guy. Yeah. You know? um, and it sounds like there's a lot of events, a lot of ways that people can participate or financially give back. Is there like a list or a calendar on the website? Yes. Everything is listed on our website. So and we, we just converted, I shouldn't say converted, we upgraded our website. So we're, we're still finding little things, you know, like there's some growing pains with it, but, but for the most part, it's, it's functional. I'll say we're 95% functional right now, but there is, um, on the website, on the right hand side, there's a menu button. If you click on the menu, um, events is one of the options. And so those events are there. Um, also you can find anything about, uh, community impact. So anything about any of those strategy areas that I was talking about earlier, um, the education, financial stability, health, food, shelter, you can click on those. You can see what programs we fund, you know, very specifically what programs that we fund and, um, and then any initiatives that we take part of that we kind of do on our own. Um, so all, you know, all of that can be found there really easily, but, but yes, events is an option. And then you can click on there and get more get more details. But of course, for any, any of this, you always can call 211. All right. It sounds like that's the the three numbers you need to understand out of this. It's just called 211. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I guess the other thing, if I can put in another plug is just that, you know, all of this, everything that we've talked about today is funded by our community. And so the fall campaign raises the dollars to do all of this work, including the 211 program, you know, all of it. And so, Um, we want people to engage with us through volunteerism. We want people to engage with us through our events, but we also, those who are able, you know, we ask people to engage with us by making a monetary donation. Uh, and so that's, you know, typically probably what a lot of people know United Way for from is the workplace campaign, right? Like I was at work and I was handed this pledge form and, you know, asked if I would give, but I really just ask people in the community to give some thoughtful consideration to that. You know, what does that mean? And what, a meaningful gift is different to each person. Mm-hmm. You know, one person can say, I can give a thousand dollars a year. And the next person can say, you know what? I could do a dollar a week. Like I could, I could figure that out. I could figure out $52. And so it doesn't matter what size the gift is because it all go, it all goes together. And then it all gets reinvested back into, into our community. And it's really programs. nice that it all stays here. Yeah. Cause you always hear the, you know, the stories of, well, I gave to this, but then 
it didn't stay here. Right. It went to a different state or it went someplace else. And so I really don't like giving because it doesn't stay in our community. This is definitely a organization that stays in our community. Absolutely. So every every dollar of the individual donor stays right here. So we are an affiliate of United Way of Wisconsin and we are an affiliate of United Way Worldwide, which again, for branding purposes makes sense, right? But we have, um, we have a, an endowment that, you know, we had some really, um, I don't know, just really forward thinking people, um, you know, back in the day that said, you know, we really should have an endowment. And then the earnings, the income and earnings off of that endowment could fund a portion or maybe someday all of the overhead of the organization. And so the earnings off of that endowment, which we are always working to grow as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is another mechanism of giving, right? Is, is um, you know, maybe it's a bequest or sometimes we just have people who say, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to make a campaign donation, but also make a donation to the endowment. But, but those are the dollars that we use for things like you know, those earnings for the affiliate um, fee for United Way of United Way Worldwide and United Way of Wisconsin. So those are the dollars, if any, and those are the only two, two ways that dollars leave our community is those two affiliations. Everything else stays here. But, but the, the dollars that we need for that come out of, out of that pool of funds. So anything that an individual donor gives to the campaign stays here. Excellent. That is good to know. Yeah, it is great. All right. You know, and it's fun because you just know that you're you're impacting your friends and neighbors. Yes. And, and we've all been touched by United Way some, somehow, mm-hmm. and maybe not, maybe not a direct recipient, maybe a direct recipient, maybe it's the whole six degrees of separation, you know, whatever it might be. But I have to tell you that one time I was at a campaign presentation at a local um, manufacturer and it was really cool. Um, there was a guy and, and I would not have expected him to, you know, cause I, I always kind of, I'm like, what questions do you guys have? And Often it's none, mm-hmm. but, but someone who, I guess I just didn't, and, and I shouldn't have been stereotyping maybe, but I just didn't expect that this guy would say something. And so he said, you know, I don't have a question, but I have something I'd like to say. And I said, okay, go for it. And he said, you know, he said, my son's best friend was only able to be in Boy Scouts because of United Way. And mm-hmm. he's like, that impacted my family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and really, if you think about it, he's like, that's pretty cool. He's like, because my son would not have been able to experience that with his friend if the United Way program hadn't been there to help fund that friend to be able to be part of it. So I think that, you know, I guess you could sit and analyze it and think about it, but, but probably the majority of us have been impacted in ways that we just don't even realize. You know, oh, yeah. if, you, if you sit down and look at that partner program list, those 29 programs, there's probably programs on there that people don't recognize in the community, but there's also a lot of very recognizable ones, you know, Girl mm-hmm. Scouts, Boy Scouts, Boys and Girls Club, YMCA, um, you know, and really making sure that that kids and families have access to, to these kinds of programs. But then there's also Park Place, which is a um, adult day service for primarily for um, people with with dementia and Alzheimer's, but but they do take others. But it's, you know, so that I can keep my loved one at home, but I need some respite. Right. Like I have to get groceries and I have to get my hair cut and I can't, I need I someone can't, to come in for a little while all yep. of this. And so their loved one can be safe at park place while they're doing these other things. Right. And we know self-care is important, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's really hard to take good care of someone else if we're not taking care of ourselves. And so, you know, there's, there's just a lot of really cool programs and, um, and, and it's super easy to be, be part of it, right. Yes. Like be part of the change. Okay, so personal question, kind of fun. A lot of events going on. What's your your favorite event that you look forward to the most? Oh, wow. Um, you know, honestly, probably McDonald's Day. And just because of what I said before, like yeah. I just, I'll just go, I'll get there right away in the morning and just kind of hang out. You know what I mean? Get a cup of coffee and just walk around and, and talk to people. And it's, and it's pretty fun because I don't know if you've been in McDonald's in the morning, but there's like, like a coffee cl- clutch group. And then they leave and then the next group comes to take that same table, you know, and that, sure. but, but it's, but it's great. I mean, I, I really love it. But honestly, the other thing that I would say is probably like one of my favorites is when every year I have a volunteer campaign chair. So someone out in the community that, that comes along to ask, you know, the idea is that they're asking their peers to give, right? So mm-hmm. it, this year it's Jason Dietz from um, Wood Trust and Jason was our chair last year too and agreed to do it again because we didn't get out much. but. 
But our goal always is that we get the opportunity to go in and make a presentation, go in and meet face to face, which we've done with, you know, with you guys, yeah. we've come to staff meeting, but I absolutely love doing that. I just think it's just so fun to make connections with people. Now, of course, that also means that you can't, you don't go anywhere without knowing everyone, right? Like, like sometimes my kids are like, do we have to talk to everyone at the grocery store? I'm like, yes, yes, we do. No, we don't. <laughs> yes, we do. But, um, but you know, so, so I think for me, it's just, it's just all of those connections, you know, mm-hmm. and just having those, those bonds with people. And, and, you know, it's funny because when I was younger, you know, if you didn't know, like, you know, you recognize somebody, but you're like, where, right. You know, and it used to really bother me. And now I don't know if it's just a, an age thing or a maturity thing, but now I, I just have like no qualms about saying, you know what, just remind me, remind me your name or remind me where you work or whatever, you know, cause right. I'd rather, I'd rather know and then visit with them for a few minutes than to just be like, I don't know who the heck that was. So I can have a full conversation with someone, walk away and they'll look at me like, who was I? I'm like, I have no clue. Honestly, I have no clue, but we talked like we knew what was going on. (laughs) Exactly. So, so I, you know, I really appreciate all of those, just all of those individual connections. You know, when I think about our, our donor base, donor base, and, and I think it's pretty cool when I can read through the donor list and recognize the majority of the names. Yes. You know, I just, I, I really, I really like that. But I think that that's important too, to the success of the organization, right? Because let's be real. Success is about relationships, especially in something like this. It's, it's the relationships we build with companies, with individuals, with the partner programs. I mean, it's, it's all about, it's not necessarily about what you know, it's about who, it's about who you know and how mm-hmm. you make people feel and, and what, what that means in the community. And so for me, that's just really, really important, but I do love McDonald's. It is fun. That is good. All right. I think that's, unless you have anything more, I think we're good. Yeah. I would just encourage people to, you know, get involved with the campaign in a way that's, that's meaningful. And if you have any questions or any needs whatsoever, call 211. 211 seems to be the, uh, the answer. Got a question? Absolutely. Do you help with homework? So, I mean, if there's like a teenager <laughs> listening, I mean, it's beginning of the school year like and a, it's the algebra like question. Here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Can you help with homework? Well, me personally or 211? <laughs> I'd be very curious to hear what they told you if you called and asked that. I'm sure there are some communities that we serve that have homework help, free tutoring help. I would, I would guess. I don't, I don't know that we've been asked that question. Now I'm going to have to ask the, our resource specialist if they've been asked that question. But I, I sure would think we'd figure something out. Okay. So if you have questions, just call 211. I'm not sure I would call with the actual <laughs> problem, you know, like, does this, what is the answer to this? I'm not sure they're going to give you that. But, um. See, because this is more funny because her youngest is in college majoring in math. Okay. Well. He's joining them for, for actuary science. Maybe we should put him uh-huh, in uh-huh. the, maybe we should put him in the 211 database as a program. <laughs> not sure if he would appreciate that. And, and then you could just say, your mom gave us the number. Oh, yeah. He's going to really love me then. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Terry. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Stay tuned and come back for hour two of My Rapids Real Estate Show, where we take a deep dive into central Wisconsin real estate market and more housing-related topics.